Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hey friends, let's have a Soul Talk. We are so glad to have you in our community and uh, to get us started, Christy, I think you've picked a one of our Journey of the Soul Soul Talk cards. And these are some really uh, fun, it's like a playing deck of cards, and you pull out a card, and it's each card's from a different one of the Christ stages. There's like eight cards for each of the Christ stages in Journey of the Soul. And then I've got a Bible verse and a Soul Talk question. You can order these on our website, and we've been having fun flipping through some of these on Soul Talk. So what do you got for us today, Christy? Well, maybe it'd be fun for our listeners to see if they can guess which stage this is in, even. (laughs) Some of you will probably get that. Okay, this is Matthew 9, 36, and it says, When he, meaning Jesus, saw the vast crowds of people, Jesus' heart was deeply moved with compassion because they seemed weary and helpless like wandering sheep without a shepherd. We were even just talking last night as a family, watching our, our um, some a group of people just kind of being led, you know, just like sheep, like they weren't even thinking, just being led and commenting about, yeah, I guess we kind of are like sheep as humans. And this verse actually came to my mind is that about, yeah, Jesus, you know, he knows when he uses that analogy for us. It's not very flattering to us, but there is a, reality where we get kind of caught up in a group think and start to just kind of blindly follow or or, or want to be led and how Jesus and his empathy and compassion for us realized how desperate we are for a good shepherd. The question is, what helps you trust that Jesus has deep compassion for you? Yeah, well, so many things help me to trust that. Certainly experiences in relationship. Uh, loving relationships with people where we listen to each other are essential to that. And we'll be talking more about that in this podcast. But even just this morning in my Bible reading, Christine, I've been reading through the New Testament, uh, uh, like a chapter a day or or so. And uh, today in Romans 12, just came across a a number of different expressions that were reminding me of the importance of empathy. Uh, Things like being devoted to one another in love and the understanding there is is tender love. It's closely tied to compassion and empathy. And that's what we want in our relationships. That's what soul friendship is about, is being devoted to one another with uh, with concern, with interest, with care. Uh, That's what we want in our family relationships. That's what we want in our church relationships. And empathy is implicit in that. And then uh, Paul says, take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them. That's Romans 12, 13 in the Passion Translation. You know, taking a constant interest in others, that's an expression for empathy. And just reminding me of how important that has been for me in my life and how I have learned over the years how much that even, even as a, a thinker and a doer and a, a very uh, independent person, pretty uh, introverted, how much I even need empathy, so much more than I thought as a young adult that uh, when I was living so much in my head and so much in just being busy and doing all the time, but learning to slow down that, that you know, I have feelings too. And so taking a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people. That includes me. I'm one of God's mm-hmm. beloved people, and I, mm-hmm. I need 
I need safe people that I trust who take an interest in me. And of course, there are people who need that from me as well. And then one of the most famous verses on empathy in Romans 12 is rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And just in the last few days, I've uh, been honored to do that with some people who are grieving and just to be able to listen and ask questions and draw out their experience. And uh, what we don't realize is, you know, we go through experiences, stress, uh, loss, uh, grief, and it gets in our bodies. And so we need someone to help us uh, feel what's in our body, not just not just like name it, that's part of it, but actually experience it. And so I was saying to one one pastor that I was helping, you know, we, we've been doing this over Zoom, but we, we need to get together in, in person here. We need to connect, uh, you know, face-to-face, person-to-person, uh, in, in the flesh, uh, incarnational ministry, and that's going to help you uh, feel the grief that's in your body right now. And uh, by me being with you, that will help me to feel that better and help you to articulate that. And so it's just so powerful when we can be together uh, and share our hearts and, and listen with empathy and find God's presence in that. I remember you back in the day before you realized that you need empathy. Uh, back in the day when you you would be caring to other people and you were good at that and you were training you know, to be a therapist and, and to learn that. But you still had the mentality of, no, but I'm an island. I don't need anybody. Uh, even even in your spirituality, I think that you felt pretty much it's just me and Jesus. And I don't I don't need people. I don't need empathy from anyone. Of course, I wouldn't have admitted that. But <laughs> that, was the, that was the way I was operating. And I just wasn't very in touch with my emotions. And I, I grew up in a context where... Uh, my mom had all the emotions, and so I was really trying to tune into her all the time, and uh, it wasn't really uh, safe or uh, helpful for me to be emotional. It just made things more difficult and stressful for me. So without realizing what I was doing, I just I repressed all of my emotions. And when you do that for years and years, and, you know, and that's your formation, that's how you've been formed, that's, that's your habits, that's your personality, it takes more than just a thought or, or a commitment to change that. Uh, so you, you have to learn to, I, I had to learn how to uh, bring myself uh, vulnerably into relationships in a different way. And mainly I learned that was by sitting in therapist's office. And that's why we have senior spiritual directors at Soul Shepherding is because when you can talk with somebody who's really specialized in empathy, they're really, they've received it and they know how to give it. Then when you talk with them, they, they can feel what you feel and help you find the words for it and help you slow down, sometimes slow down your words because sometimes we talk too fast and, and that, that actually pushes down the emotions and they, they can tell when you're distracting from your emotions. Say, wait, wait a minute, let's go back to that part. Tell, tell me more about that. No, no, what are you feeling there? Maybe just be quiet for a minute let the, those feelings percolate. And so we need to feel those emotions in our body. And so I learned that. I learned that in... Uh, therapist's office. I've learned that from spiritual directors talking with them. And then I've learned that in my relationship with you, Christy, and, and with others. And so now I've developed a new habit where I pretty much every day I check in with somebody and say, well, this is what I'm feeling. And you know, and I ask to be listened to and I ask to be prayed for. And that, that really helps me to have healthy faith. Very much. I've seen the difference that it makes. And, and I think it was interesting because early, pretty early on, 
in college, you and I both felt a call and a burden about some of the situations with people that we saw, that they had the right beliefs, they had the right theology, they had great intentions, but there wasn't the emotional health. And so that was why we were called to study psychology, is because we wanted to see greater emotional health in Christians, and we believed that, that really was God's heart, too, for his people. But we had to go through our own journey of growth in that ourselves as part of the learning. And I remember when you, I don't know, it's just a privilege to watch you and your journey with that and learning in that and growth in that and just the difference that I see that it's made in you. And you could probably say the same about me because it's easier to see it in somebody else than yourself. Well, thank you for that and for your gentleness. You know, I, I've really needed that and it's hard sometimes for me as a man, uh, uh, a lot of us in general, not just men, but some women as well, we have trouble maybe admitting that we need sensitivity and gentleness, uh, tenderness. And, uh, you know, we always want to be soft with somebody's weakness. We never want to uh, judge that or criticize that or throw that back up in their face. We, We always want to be gentle with weakness. And you've been that for me, and that's helped me to be, to be vulnerable and to, and to discover that, well, that's not contrary to my manhood, that actually that's, that's a part of it. That's a part of being uh, a person. It's part of being a man, having, having emotions and bringing that into relationship and being validated. So what about you, Christy? Let, let's go back to the um, Soul Talk card from Journey of the Soul and Jesus' compassion. He has compassion for the the people who are like sheep without a shepherd, you know, we, we can get ourselves just wandering about and, and lose lose our focus, lose our, our mission in life. And so Jesus leaves the 99 to look for the one. And we are all that one at different different times in life, not only when we're not a Christian and we need to become a Christ follower, but in different ways we get emotionally lost or relationally lost or, or alone. And so Jesus finds us. So what helps you, Christy, to be found in Jesus' compassion? Well, there's a number of things that help me. One is to be found by somebody else, right? An ambassador of him, a shepherd after his own heart, who is there compassion, showing compassion, show, showing empathy to me there when I'm hurt and suffering and need finding. Now say, say more about what that looks like because um, for someone to find you emotionally what like practically speaking what what is what happens when someone does that well it can look different at different times depending upon how i need to be found but one of the times and you know we talk about the enneagram on this podcast quite a bit because it's just been a helpful tool for us in our own personal growth and and with others that we work with but as a two on the enneagram for me sometimes i can get lost in shame and so sometimes somebody will find me, people that know me well and know that about me, they'll be able to see when I'm lost in shame. And they'll often come to me and they're aware of it before I am sometimes. Now, as I've grown, I'm quicker to become aware of it and recognize and reach out to Jesus or somebody for help. But there was a long time when I didn't even realize I was in shame and you would see it. Or our daughter who, you know, is very mature and knows me well and knows Enneagram, she would see it. And so you know, there was times when you would say to me, you know, well, it seems like you're, you're under a lot of shame right now, or you're really feeling shame. And that would kind of wake me, wake me up to it. And it would also invite me because you were being gentle with my weakness there. 
and inviting me to come out of the shame and into the light. Or, um, you know, her daughter every once in a while will say, Mom, you don't need to feel any shame about that. <laughs> and it's like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't even realize I was, I was, but she saw it, you know, and, and there's a freedom there when she is calling me out of that. And then I'm recognizing she has compassion for me. Is she seeing it? She wants, she wants, she's joining Jesus and wanting me free from that. Yeah. So when someone sees what you're feeling, cause they, they can feel it themselves, they're, they're aware of their emotions and so they can put themselves in your position and then feel what your emotions are. And then they put, put, a, put words to that. Uh, so sometimes you might need to say to somebody who's feeling, who you think is feeling shame that they might think the word shame is too strong. So mm-hmm. you might say, you know, maybe you're feeling uh, embarrassed or it seems you're, you're not feeling good about yourself. And so uh, you have to sort of understand the person and how, right. how deep their emotions yeah. are. Yeah. So. Yeah. I had to, I had to grow to be self-aware enough and ready enough to, to be able to recognize, no, that's true. I do get caught up in shame. Yeah. And that, that took some years before I could even own and see that for sure. And you mentioned the Enneagram because there's an Enneagram 2, which is the helper, and then the 3, which is the achiever, and the 4, which is the individualist. The 2, 3, and 4 are in that heart triad, one of the three triads of the nine Enneagram types. And, and the heart people uh, particularly struggle with shame, although a lot of times they don't know it because right. we're denying that. Mm-hmm. So it's the, thing in, it's the thing that's the most painful to the heart types is shame. It's what they most don't want to feel. So they're, they're uh, most denying that. And it takes a, a journey of self-awareness to begin to realize, yeah, no, actually I'm defending against all this shame with, with trying to put out a good image or trying to help people or trying to be really successful or trying to be like so creative and so authentic. And, and it's like, yeah, I, I, I do feel inadequate or unworthy or not deserving or, you know, not, not lovable. And that, that is in there. Yeah. And, and I think, too, just seeing the way that Jesus doesn't shame people. You know, you look, you read the Gospels, and you see Jesus doesn't shame people. He goes to people that are in shame, and he meets them there with empathy. Yeah, and one of the things we talk about in Journey of the Soul, it's one of my favorite parts of the book, is especially in the inner journey, the I stage or the Christ stages, we talk about Jesus as a model, and a, a model of uh, expression of emotions that Jesus is a human being. He has emotions and he experiences feelings and he, he puts words to them and he, he shows his feelings and he, t- he talks about his feelings. He prays about his feelings. Uh, of course, others in the Bible do as well, especially the psalmist. I think it also helps me to know that Jesus experienced what I experienced. You know, Scripture talks to us about how Jesus was tempted and tested in every way, and tried in every way. And I mean, we just look at the life of Jesus, we see that he suffered. And we see, you know, even things like loss that he suffered when he lost his father and the responsibilities, you know, in family of caring for siblings and, you know, his mom and grief and they lived in poverty. And, you know, there were just so many different things we know, you know, in, under Roman occupation and then we see some of his suffering in scriptures and the ways that he was treated by, you know, the religious leaders and others, you know, as a Nazarene. And yeah, Jesus was definitely shamed. I mean, we even think about the way that he was, he was in a sense shamed by those in his hometown that didn't believe in him and that rejected him. But he didn't, he didn't receive the shame. 
He didn't take on the shame as his identity. In John 11, we read uh, the shortest Bible verse that says the most, perhaps, Jesus wept. And that's not the only time he wept when uh, Lazarus had been in the tomb four days and Mary and Martha were grieving and, and they were surrounded by all these professional mourners who were, were wailing and making a commotion. And uh, Jesus was face to face with the realities of, of death and human existence and, and just the, the ripping apart of, of friendships and family and, and all of that. And he, he entered into that experience. He wasn't just sitting there thinking, oh, I'm going to raise Lazarus from the dead, so there's no sense having any emotion here. But that's how a lot of us live. We just talk ourselves out of the reality of what we're feeling rather than experiencing it, sharing it with a friend, sharing it in prayer, and and letting ourselves be loved in that place where we need to be loved. Because when we do that, it makes our whole person come alive and, and our faith becomes a lot more vibrant and healthy and strong when we live from the inside out, from deep, deep in our hearts, deep in our inner person. So, so Jesus lived that way. He was emotionally healthy. He was emotionally intelligent, very self-aware. His emotions were integrated into his faith. Uh, his feelings were, were not a hindrance to his faith. And that Jesus didn't teach that, that. A lot of us think that way as though emotions are just the caboose or they're kind of a problem or we just need to change our thoughts and, and then we'll, we'll feel better. No, Jesus accepted his emotions. He accepts our emotions. And so that, that message, Christy, you're saying that's been like really helpful for you because you, um, it's been a long journey for you to come to a place where you accept and I maybe are even learning to celebrate that you're sensitive, that you have deep feelings. Yeah, and that Jesus actually he doesn't reject me because of that. He doesn't see that as a weakness or he doesn't shame me over that, but that actually he ha- he does have compassion and empathy for me in that. And that even there's been something there, I think that I've received from the Lord of a gratitude that I, I am willing to feel deeply and I am willing to even enter into a supper sufferings with that, with my deep emotions times. There's times that I'm sharing in his sufferings by my own willingness to feel Deep pain, full emotions. Yeah, not only for yourself, but when you do that for other people with empathy, there's a taking on of a suffering there. Yeah, or even I feel empathy for God. Often I do. Oftentimes when I am feeling hurt about something or I'm feeling pain in a relationship or grief about something in in the world, in our, you know, even city or nation or something, I'll actually ask the Lord, show, show me how, where in your heart am I resonating? You know, are you feeling some of what I'm feeling here? And the Lord always shows it to me. And there's, there's a empathy and a compassion and an intimacy in that where the Lord helps me to see I'm not alone with that, that but that actually he, he bears that pain. So as leaders, there's also ways that we can participate with helping people engage with healthy feelings and faith. And that's why we wrote the Journey of the Soul Leader Guide, is to help leaders to do this. And one of my favorite things about the Leader Guide is the tips that we've put in throughout the chapters in the Leader's Guide, just to help leaders to really incorporate this healthy feelings of faith and to cooperate with Jesus's love. And so one one of my favorite tips here on page 64 is if someone in your group seems to be denying emotion, be gentle so you don't increase or mobilize resistance in them. 
And I just think that's that's so important because it's so easy to shut down somebody else's emotion. And that gentleness, like you were saying earlier, is really important being gentle with somebody's weakness. You have another tip in here for leaders to help them make use of healthy feelings and faces they lead. And that's mere group members' emotions that are just under the surface of their awareness to help them find words for their experience, what you're perceiving their emotions to be, and to help them to feel cared for. This, like the example with you feeling shame, I could say to you, it sounds like you're feeling shame because you're, you're in touch with that and, and you're not going to spoil that. But somebody else, I, if I was to say you're feeling shame, they would, they would bristle and quickly deny that. But if I said, you know, it sounds like you're struggling to feel good about yourself, they might be more likely to say, yeah, that is difficult. And then I could say, well, now tell me more about that. And so, yes, that's illustrating that good empathy goes just under the surface, not like way, way down to the very bottom depth of the painful, acute emotion there, but just what's just a little bit below what they're consciously aware of. And then that helps them to become more aware and bring that into relationship. Yeah, or if somebody's really defended against their emotions, sometimes it can be helpful to kind of say, well, if I was dealing with that, I think I would feel, and I would maybe share some emotion that I would feel because then at least it helps them to kind of consider, oh, well, yeah, I do kind of feel that. Whereas if I'm saying you, it seems like you, you might be feeling, they might still be resistant to that they would have any emotions about it. So many of you have led Journey of the Soul groups and used the leader guide, and it's just been so encouraging to hear from you. We're, we're really in a, in a movement here of trying to uh, follow Jesus with healthy feelings and faith, and Journey of the Soul and the leader guide and the Soul Talk cards that go with Journey of the Soul are, are tools for that. So let us know how that's working for you. If you have questions and how we can be more helpful to you, or if we can come to your church, uh, we would love to do that. Uh, so... Uh, it's just such a such an honor to have you uh, following Jesus with us and and leaning in to to be the the best that you can be by by God's grace and to make a difference in your world of relationships. Lord God, we just thank you. We are so privileged that we belong to you. We bear your name, and uh, God, we just pray that you would uh, encourage each of us on our journeys and help us with becoming more emotionally aware. Uh, That's always a good thing for our faith and our work and uh, all of our relationships. And from that awareness, we can better hear your voice. We can be more tuned into what other people feel and need and be more empathetic and loving and grace-giving and and, uh, winsomely and wisely guiding other people. And so strengthen us all, Lord, in our leadership and in our ministry because uh, we just uh, are so blessed when we get to help other people follow Jesus with us in your ever-expanding kingdom, Lord God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Did you know that Journey of the Soul was number one on Amazon for 30 days among Christian counseling new releases? We have a leader guide to go with Journey of the Soul that helps with leading a small group or going through the book with a friend or just getting some deeper insights from the book. And then we also have Soul Talk cards that go through each of the Christ stages with Bible verses and Soul Talk questions. We also have free videos on there to help you with your Uh, leading a small group uh, or going deeper into the material 
We also have uh, sermon notes if you're a pastor or a Bible study teacher. Uh, so you'll find all those resources on journeyofthesoul.org. If there's something that you would like to have a soul talk with and maybe feel like, I don't know who I can talk to about this. I don't have a safe place or a person, or I'm not sure someone would understand what I'm grappling with. We want to let you know that Soul Shepherding has senior spiritual directors available that you can meet with. You can go on to soulshepherding.org and you will see our senior spiritual directors on there. You can read about them. You can book an appointment right there to contact with them. An appointment with a Soul Shepherding spiritual director can be a great opportunity for you to be listened to with empathy, to be listened to by somebody else who is listening to Holy Spirit at the same time they're listening to you and is praying for you, interceding for you, and holding that space for you and to help you grow in your relationship with Christ and your emotional and spiritual growth. So we hope that you will take advantage of that and also spread the news about that to other people in your life that need a soul shepherd. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org.